Riding the Tiger I've sat in this chair so much it's taken the shape of my body I think I'm a single man what do I have to hurry home to I pass many of the long lonely hours between close of work and bedtime here it is in a way my favorite place some customers prefer the inside room with its generous cushiony leather seating but i find the air too smoky in there i like the semi outdoors feel of this room the small round tables the straight backed chairs the golden light that lifts and lingers around the room the low silled windows studded with tea lights and colored glasses open most of the year letting in the softness of the night yes i think it is my favorite place From this chair I can watch the world both inside this bar and outside. It's in a business district though on an inner parallel road. So by late evening it's the only lively place left on the street. They can play their music as loud as they want with no one around to complain. Some of the show windows on the street are still lit but only for security reasons. and all the offices have emptied out their human cargo between numbers you can hear the arriving or departing footsteps echoing in the silent street the yowls of squabbling street dogs the occasional siren of a speeding ambulance and the distant hum of city traffic the trees outside fill up with yellow flowers in summer they drop their velvety petals generously in the hot breeze and the nights are heady with their scent the music changes from lilting to pounding and the lights become more staccato as the night wears on the customer profile changes the men in suits and ties and the women in knee length skirts give way to the torn jeans and tight tees crew jostling and pushing at the counter impatient demanding loud I know many of the regulars in the sense that I've people watched them umpteen times like those two girls seated on the high stools they don't come often but they stand out because they are such unlikely friends one's a plain jane type and one's a voluptuous seductress that one's a man eater and no doubt about it her red talons and tantalizing lips flash a come hither that cannot be misconstrued her clothes are always just a little too tight her skirt a little too short except when she plants herself seductively on that bar stool and crosses one shapely stiletto short leg over the other when it becomes way too short only her ruby red smiles are selectively handed out otherwise her bounty spills freely upon all you guessed it i don't like her
It's not sour grapes. I'm too much older. I'm not in the game. But she's definitely a player. She scours the room with her diamond hard eyes and chooses her next victim. Then she sets her trap and lures him in steadily and remorselessly. The Jane plays the foil, showing up the other's radiant beauty by her own plain looks. At the end of the evening, the tigress strides away with her claws hooked into yet another unsuspecting fellow who's convinced himself she genuinely thinks the sun rises out of him. And the Jane wends her lonely way home, I guess. The tigress has a favourite type. She likes them broad and stocky, muscle-bound, even chubby, but never taller than herself in her towering heels. If she has to look up to a guy, he's gone, even if he checks all the other boxes. She's also partial to curly hair, often running her long, lean fingers through it, which I've come to recognize is her mark of high favor. That's the usual scenario. But today, something's out of whack. The Jane has been whispering urgently to the tigress. Her eyes are big and startled. The Jane's, I mean. I can see even from across the room. She's been pointing subtly with her chin to a group of young men who've just captured a table near mine. A casual glance confirms that none of them fits the tigress's type. So what's afoot? The tigress has been turning around and staring blatantly at the group. Then, leaning into the Jane and having whispered confabulations. Then the tigress turns around again. Once, twice... Even thrice, naturally it doesn't pass unnoticed. I pick it up early, but even this batch of boys intent on fun can't miss it. They discuss it amongst themselves. And in the usual young man way, some of them are preening for her. When I hear a loud gasp from their table, a chair overturns and one chap, silken-haired, tall as the rafters and slender as a whippet, bolts upright in obvious shock exclaims in a voice loud enough to be audible over the buzz and clatter of the room. Is that you, Danny? His table falls to silence, as do the two girls at the bar. His long legs cross the room in swift strides and barreling past the tigress, he reaches out with both hands for the Jane. He plucks her off the bar stool as if she were a tiny rag doll spins her around in the confined space, puts her down and pulls her into his tight embrace the next instant. I can only see his back, but I catch a glimpse of her face. And I've never seen so much sunshine in one face before, I tell you truly. Or so much thunder in the tigresses. Someone has been upstaged and is mighty miffed. As I watch, she rearranges her features and puts her party face back on and by the time Lanky and the Jane turn to her, she's got a welcoming smile ready in place. Introductions are made, I guess, 
and Lanky invites them to join his friends, but they decline. So he comes back to his friends and explains, I eavesdrop shamelessly. She's an old friend from way back when, and they are hesitant to join such a big group. Could they let him off tonight so he could spend some time with her? Apologies from him and some broad teasing from them, but yes, of course he can. And off he goes back to the bar where the girls have wangled a seat for him. Lanky has eyes only for the Jane, or Danny, as he called her. She keeps trying to include her friend in the conversation, and while he plays along a bit, his attention always drifts back to the Jane. He's evidently proof against the tigress's particular brand of charms, to which she is not taking favorably. Since Lanky is, well, Lanky, he's not her type. And normally, she'd have flicked him away even if he came to her on bended knee. But for him to ignore her, oh ho ho, that's quite a different kettle of fish. She does not appreciate being passed over with such scant courtesy. The Jane sees it unravelling before her eyes and tries her best to avert disaster. But she's too conditioned to playing the sidekick and doesn't know how to take charge. And Lanky is absolutely unaware of what's going on. He's just rediscovered, guessing from his wild reaction on sight of her, the girl of his dreams and he has eyes and ears for nothing and nobody else. The tension is so thick I can almost feel it. Yet nobody else seems to notice or to care. Not Lanky's friends or the barman or the waitress or any other customers. Just the three of them at the bar counter imminently reaching explosion point and me in my usual chair by the open window with the warm night air spilling over one side of my body and the sweet fragrance of the flowers completely overpowered by the musky scent of betrayal. Someone needs to do something, or the Jane will be swept away, her small claim of happiness overcome by the other one's grab for supremacy. Unthinkingly, I power out of my chair and close the gap to the bar in a few hurried steps. Lanky is facing me and the other two have their backs to me. I reach out and insinuate my arm between the Jane and the Tigress as if to reach the bar counter. I turn innocently to the Tigress and smile apologetically at her for the intrusion. And the switch in her is so sharp, I almost fall down in shock. She goes from burning hot to cool calculation in the blink of an eye. She's instantly a tigress on the prowl. And just like that, I'm her new target. It's only then that it strikes me that I, greying at the temples and running to paunch though I am, perfectly fit her prototype. In the minutes it takes for me to realize I've unwittingly made myself her new prey, the other two have melted away. And I'm left here with the tigress and her ruby lips, her smiling eyes and her long fingers reaching out enticingly 
to tangle in my silvering curls. I decided to be the hero and charged in like a chivalrous knight to distract the tigress and give the budding flower of romance between Lanky and the Jane a chance to bloom. And now I find myself riding a tiger. And the only thought in my head is that I hope I can bloody well get off and somehow come out of this alive. <laughs> <laughs>